Welcome to the Music, Money, and Life podcast. This podcast is brought to you by HowToLicenseYourMusic.com. If you want to learn how to make money writing music for TV, films, and ads, visit HowToLicenseYourMusic.com today for a free video series all about how to write music specifically for use in TV shows, films, and commercials. Music, Money, and Life is the podcast that brings together the best minds in music licensing, music publishing, music marketing, and more together in one place. Learn how to license your music and market your music. Learn the latest cutting-edge techniques for getting your music heard and making money from your music. Learn directly from the musicians and industry insiders on the front lines of the music business. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review in iTunes. Every positive review helps us rise up the ranks in iTunes, gain more subscribers, and attract more and more great guests. And now, without further ado, here's today's podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Music, Money, and Life. Today, I'm really excited to be speaking with Alina Segal. No <laughs> relation to Steven Segal, but, but your name that's is correct. pronounced the same way, right? Yes, that's correct. Awesome. So Alina is um, a friend of Eddie Gray, who most of you know at this point, uh, um, our resident TV composer, composer for How to License Your Music Premium. And so how did you meet Eddie, by the way? I know you guys are... Um, yeah, so connected. I met Eddie. I moved to LA three weeks ago from Sweden, from Stockholm, where I'm born and raised. And so I met Eddie because I came to LA to do a music production course. Um, and yeah, Eddie's my teacher and my mentor and my friend. So we basically just like been spending a lot of time. He's been teaching me a lot of all of his tricks and everything. So um, yeah, so we spent like three weeks together working on stuff now and I have a few more weeks to go, so yeah. Awesome, so you moved to LA specifically to take a music production course? I think it was like, I did it for several reasons. Um, so first of all, I wanted to do, I want to like bump up my production game. So I felt like course is definitely what I have to do. And also I felt like being in LA, just networking is such a huge thing if you want to do stuff. I know I heard somewhere, I think it was like Charlemagne the God that said opportunity comes to those who created. Yeah. And that really like, it just stuck with me really that I felt like okay that's that's all I have to think about so I just wanted to come here I want to make sure that I hang out with the right people and I make good networks and well I, I had the chance of meeting Eddie by the for like the, on the first day so I felt like that was a good start um, awesome. and then also do like writing sessions with people that I have out here so yeah I felt it was just time to leave Stockholm and do something else Cool. And, and so I know it's only been a few weeks, but, but I would imagine that it's, it's, a, it's a big move, right? Moving from another country to a city. Did you know people already in, in advance or are you um, meeting people as you go? Yeah. Like I knew some, I knew some people. And I think also when it comes to Stockholm, when it comes to Sweden, like we have a really big songwriting and especially when it within pop, we have a lot of songwriters and producers from, from our little city. Yeah. So, um, and most of them are actually here. So I feel like most of them started out in Stockholm and then they moved out here to work. So I have a lot of Swedes out here that I really enjoy and they're my friends as before. And then, yeah, just through Instagram and stuff like that, I feel like I have more people out here than I expected, actually. So Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So Instagram is one of the topics we'll be discussing today. Mm -hmm. um, a few more questions, though, before we, we, we get into that. So, so you made this move to L.A. Is this... 
a permanent move for you? Do you plan on staying there for a while or do you not know yet? Um, I'm not really sure yet. I think it's going to, it's going to like come down to a question of visa actually. Mm, um, yeah. so how, how long are you able to stay? I'm able to point? stay half a year okay. as of now. So I'm here on like a business tourist kind of visa. So it really comes down to that. I feel like just, just based off of these three weeks, I definitely want to stay for longer. So, um, but as of now, it's half a year and, you know, anything can happen. And it really depends on how this trip goes, if I'm going to have the chance of staying or not. Awesome. So one of the things we're going to talk about today is Instagram and social media and marketing online. That's something I really want to dig in deep with you. Uh, Before we do that, though, let's tell people a little more about yourself and your, your background. You're an amazing vocalist. I've been checking out a lot, of, a lot of your videos. You have a great, a <laughs> great you. voice. What is your, what is sort of your long-term goal with, with music? And you mm-hmm. write, do you write music as well? I do. Yeah. So I think for me, music wasn't really ever the plan at all. And I feel like that sometimes like also scares me in a bit because I meet so many talented people and they've been doing it for their whole lives and they're so amazing and i feel like i just started out like i must like a super newbie to it Mm. um so i'm from stockholm but i grew up on a little like tiny island outside of stockholm like two hours outside you know on this big horse ranch on an island very isolated so i Mm. feel like i'm i'm a very country girl to begin with um but then i was doing the whole corporate thing like i went university and I started working as a brand specialist for for Red Bull so I did most like I did the branding campaigns and marketing campaigns for Red Bull in Sweden I felt like well this is nice like it's creative and it's fun and I had this amazing team and you get to do so many like mind-blowing events and also work with a lot of artists and a lot of different projects Um, but I've always felt like I know how to sing, but I just like, I know that I can sing, but I'm not really sure how to do it. Hmm. So uh, I'm st- I started seeing one vocal coach in Sweden and she helped me in the most weird way. You know, I got like tongue massages. I got like acupuncture in my ears and all of this. And I was did like, you, did you say tongue massages? Yes. Never heard of that. How does yeah. that work? It is interesting and it hurts like, um, yeah, it hurts. It hurts a lot, Yeah. but it actually helps. And I was like, in the beginning, when I started seeing my vocal coach, I, I was just like, why am I paying this person to give me so much pain? Like, this is like, this doesn't make any sense. And then after a while, I was just like, well, it actually, like, it actually helps. Like it just releases all the tensions because in the end, now we're getting totally off topic, but it's a very interesting, yeah, yeah. It's a very interesting thing because in the end, the tongue is a muscle. So if you're an athlete or if you're like a football player or a soccer player or whatever, it's, you're going to have muscles that are going to be tense. If you, if you practice them a lot and if you sing a lot, and especially if you sing in the wrong way, it's going to like make the muscle really tense. So what a tongue massage does is basically going in, loosen up the tongue to make it relax. And also when you're singing, you want the note to hit like the back of your teeth. Yeah. Like right here. Yeah. Yeah. So because you want the note to be very clean and you want it to sound very good and have a lot of control. And so if your tongue is not in like the right position, it's not going to sound as clear. 
But once you get the massage going, the tongue is going to raise, like it's going to rise up a bit more and the note and, and the tone of the voice is going to sound more clear and more relaxed. Interesting. And that's done with, with hands or fingers or? Yeah. So it's, it's done with hands actually. Yeah. So you can start out well, like when, when stretching the tongue, you can start out by not using hands and, and basically just use a pen so mm. that you make sure that you stretch the tongue. But, um, but yeah, then the, like the massage in itself is done by hand. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So you started working with this vocal coach. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and how long ago was that? When did you start taking vocal lessons? I started taking vocals like lessons maybe three, four years ago. Okay. Because that was at a point where I felt like I could sing, yeah. but I didn't know how because there was something wrong. Hmm. Um, That's interesting. So, yeah, yeah. So she, st she started helping me out and basically... Um, gave me all of these tongue massages and acupuncture and, you know, really boost me in that sense. And so, yeah. And so th after that, I just felt like I have to do something with this because yeah. I think it sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And, and, yeah. And prior to taking vocal lessons and working with his vocal coach, how good was your voice at, at that point? Was it night and day after taking vocal lessons or was it sort of a gradual For me, it was night and day. Yeah. Absolutely. And for other people as well, like even my family, because um, they were not really hearing me during the time when I was doing like doing taking vocal lessons. They just heard me before when I was singing, when I was living with them and they heard me sing in my room and stuff. Or if I was like out riding, sometimes I would be like singing just to, like scare away animals so they wouldn't like show up and scare the horse. Um, but I think that was like the only time that they actually heard me sing. Um, and then when I started posting my, um, my covers on Instagram, I know that my mom, the first time she heard it, she didn't really, she didn't hear that it was me. Yeah. She was she like, thought it was somebody else. Yeah. She thought it was somebody else. And she was like telling my, like the rest of my family, she's like, why are we listening to someone else? Like we're supposed to listen to Alina. Like why, why are we listening to someone else? So she was like, I think she was really surprised to hear the change in my voice actually. Nice. So you started uh, posting covers on Instagram. Mm -hmm. uh, you decided to, to move to LA. So at, at what point did you decide to pursue this as a career to take this more, more seriously? I think it was about a year ago, actually, because um, I've been very insecure about music overall since I'm so new to it and like the yeah. competition is fierce and there's a lot of good people out there. So I think for me, it was probably a year ago when my Instagram took off um so my like my covers got more attention and people started to following me and i was very surprised <laughs> like why why is this blowing up in this in this way that it is and so um i entered a competition uh that was called warner talent in sweden yeah. and it was a talent show that was hosted by warner music sweden and i was only a part of it because i was i wanted some free exposure and because I know that media is so expensive and I was like, if I can get one or two more followers, like I'm stoked about that. Like, I'm so grateful. Um, and yeah, and then I ended up winning it. And that was a big surprise to me. Um, so that I think that's sort of like got my head spinning a bit more that I was like, oh, wow. OK, 
maybe I'm actually good. Maybe I should actually yeah. do this. Maybe you actually have, have a chance in this, yeah, yeah. this crazy, <laughs> in bu- this crazy bu- world. business of ours. Yeah, yeah. So you said you won this competition and you were actually mm. offered a, a record deal, right? Yeah, As that's a result right. of that, that, you, yeah, yeah. that you turned down. I did. Yeah. Oh my God. That's, that's a story for itself. It was like, I got the record deal and I was so stoked about it. I was so happy. I was all over the place and just felt like, okay, well, this is, this is the absolute dream. Um, but I've also been working with a lot of contracts when it comes to Red Bull and when signing different athletes and signing different artists and and all of that. So I had, I had an idea of what I wanted to be in a contract. And I also hired like legal advice. So I had my lawyer on it. And luckily also through Red Bull, I had like, I got in like connection when it comes to artists and the industry. So I, I just pulled some strings and like, could someone help me with this? Because I have yeah. no idea. Um, and I, yeah, I just started to realize that everything has changed when it comes to the streaming communities and you know how music is cons- like consumed nowadays and for me the labels like their business model is very old fashioned and i just felt like it didn't really suit me in the sense that i like in how i wanted to work because by this time i was also doing everything myself i was doing my own artwork i was doing my own video editing i was doing my own recordings i was doing my own social media strategies i was doing all of that myself and so i also felt that i would lose a lot of control um and creativity that i've been really valuing Sure. So, and you give that away. Like, of course you, it's, it's a lot of work to do it yourself, but you also get way more freedom in the sense, in the way that you're doing it. So for me, it was also, it was just, it was just not the right way to go. And when I turned it down, I was like, wow, am I making, like making the biggest mistake of my life right now? Um, but yeah, just like a day or two after I was like, no, it's the right way to go. Like I can do whatever I want. Like I'm free to collab with whoever I want whenever I want and I know also a friend of mine a producer friend of mine told me that nowadays it's more of a spaghetti effect he called it Hmm. that labels are signing a lot of singles with great options like if they do want to if they do like if the single performs well and that one is doing really well they they have the option to actually move forward with you but you don't really have a saying. You can't really pull out at that point. Like either you signed that option or you didn't. Right. Um, but so they're signing a lot of singles right now. And they're signing a lot of singles with big options. And then it's just like with spaghetti, like you throw it on the wall and see what yeah, sticks. See what sticks. Yeah. And if you've already signed that, you can end up in, in a box and they put you away and you're, you can't really do anything. You can't really do anything with your music. You can't really do any collaborations or with your own social media channels or anything. So for me, it was just really important to keep that freedom because so far I've been doing it myself. So I felt like, why am I signing at this point? Was there anything specific in the contract that concerned you? Were there specific stipulations that kind of gave you pause or was it just sort of the overall impression? I think, I think it was absolutely like spe- specific things. I think it's always going to be like that when it comes to contracts and especially depending on the label that you're signing with. Um, but I think for me, it was more about the, the amount of control that they were going to have. 
Um, which I think is like, that's, that's also how they do their business. So yeah. I get it that how like they want to be able to shape you the way that fits them. Yeah. Um, but for me, it just took away some of, I don't know, it just didn't feel right in that sense that also the majority of my following is in the US. So for me, it was also a question of how will this, maybe it's better for me to sign with a US label. And because Sweden, like Warner Music Sweden, they're still like local in Sweden. So for me, it was really about creativity and wanting to do, wanting to be able to like do what I want when I want it. So if I want to release a single, I can do that. If I want to release an album, I can do that. If I want to do podcasts, I can do that without asking permission. Yeah. And I can like, you know, it's really up to me where I go and how I do things. And I think for me, that's more important. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It, it, it's, it's a legitimate concern. And it's, it's crazy that the business sort of works this way. But I was listening mm. to a podcast recently with uh, the Black Keys on, on yeah. Joe Rogan. And the drummer is married to Michelle Branch, who had, okay. you know, several, she's sold millions of records and mm. had a really big hit with Santana. But he was saying that she, she recorded a new album recently and she loves it and she really believes in it. And, and, and I believe, I'm not sure who the label is, but it's one of the major labels, yeah. but they don't, they just don't like it. So, yeah, and the, and exactly. so they won't put, put it out. So it's like yeah. all this work and money was invested into this project for someone who has a history of selling millions of albums exactly. and it's just, it's just shelved yeah. forever indefinitely. And she can't do anything about it because she's contractually locked into to this deal. Exactly. So. And I feel like I've had people around me also explaining the industry for me in a very, in a very basic way, but it also something that really stuck with me and they explain it as like you, you go to the bank and you like, take a loan to buy a house and you buy the house of your dreams and you pay off the mortgage, but you still don't own the house. And that's basically how they describe the music industry of like, you do the music, but you will never ever own your own masters. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good, it's a good analogy. So when like, when they put it like that, I was like, Oh, okay, well, that doesn't sound like a good deal. That doesn't make any sense. Um, so absolutely, you can, get, you can get money to begin with for it, but you also lose control and you yeah. lose the ability of releasing the art that you want to release. Yeah. Because in the end, there's going to be other people telling you if this is a good, like if this is good enough to be a single or not. Well, maybe, yeah. it's, maybe it's like, if it's good for me, that's enough because- it's in the end it's my art um so absolutely like i think i took a long i took a different route i took probably the long and hard way um but i'm also enjoying it like i love doing things myself and i hate waiting so that's also why i like got into to like video editing and photo editing and now also doing music production to become a like proper producer so i feel like there is you have to do it yourself like no one is going to give it to you like yeah. No one is going to no, no. hand it out. For, for sure. So you turned out down this uh, record deal. You decided to go the independent route. Mm-hmm. And I know one of the avenues you've sort of been focusing on in terms of promotion is Instagram. Yeah. And so I wanted to talk, you know, with you about that. I know you mm. have um, 
I think around 18,000 followers. Yeah, that's which, right. Which is 17,000 more than I have. <laughs> so I, I wanted to talk to you about I promise I'll shout you out and give you some more. Please do. Well, look, yeah. I, I, I've, I've been admittedly terribly inconsistent with Instagram. Mm. It's one of those things that I've sort of been off and on with, and I've never really understood it fully, yeah. which is why I wanted to have this, this, this conversation with you. So it, and you also have great engagement on your Instagram, which is really important, right? Because there's, yeah, yeah. Fo- there's, there's followers, but then there's also how many people are actually checking out your stuff and responding and commenting. It's such so- a huge, like, especially since like there was a wave of people buying followers. Yeah. And I think it was like, it was quite funny because Instagram also did, um, did a thing. I think it was like a few months ago. They sometimes go in and they just erase a bunch of fake accounts so they have people working on this all the time and it was funny because you could see all of these like instagram models and really big accounts like all of these you know yoga models and juice people like all of a sudden they just dropped in followers like so much overnight just like overnight and that was just like it was just fake accounts being removed and for me it's just like i'd rather have like a lower like a low amount of followers, but the followers that I do actually have, they're there. They're real people. Right. They are actually engaging and they, we actually have a community there. So, um, so yeah, I like, I love my, I use, I call them lovers because I don't really like the word fans. Um, but they're just people that love what I do. And so they're my lovers and they're like, they're so amazing and they give me so much, which is crazy, crazy, like of their, of their time and their energy. They're they're just amazing. So, yeah. So one of the things I wanted to talk to you about Alina is, is how to, how to build up an Instagram following sort of Mm -hmm. what your, your approach is, you know, in terms of, of marketing on Instagram. And I know one of the, one of the things we talked about when we talked yesterday was the five pillars of Instagram branding. Um, Can you talk a little, a little bit about that? Because that, that, that's very intriguing. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's not a lot of research and there's not a lot of studies done on Instagram and Instagram like accounts and the content that people actually put out. Um, and so I started digging into this and I found it so interesting to see like, what do people actually do on Instagram and how, like, what kind of reaction do they get and how do people engage with it? So I found one model and it's done by a guy called Elliot Robinson and he's basically a social media expert and he's done extremely well with his Instagram accounts. So I started listening to podcasts and just read up about him and found um, that he brought out five pillars, basically five C's that he feels is like, this is the most important. So the first one is content that without high quality content, you won't get anywhere and people won't stick around for it because if you can't bring them a good product, then why should they stick around? Yeah. So first of all, it's high quality content. And that also tells really like storytelling, like give them something that's worth watching. So if you're doing, if you're doing photography or if you're doing music or videos, whatever, or like combining it, just make sure that you actually do it high quality um, and make sure that it's like, you rather listen to like music in good speakers than in bad headphones. So it's something, something like that, just making sure that you have content that people want to stick around for. Okay. 
in any tips in terms of how to do that though? Because that, that seems, yeah. you know, how do we do that within a, the limitations of, of Instagram? You have a minute for video or a photo. Mm -hmm. How do you tell a story in such a, a short amount of time? I think it's, it's really about not doing it as everyone else. Um, so, you know, put some surprising elements in there or work a lot with editing. Cause I feel like there is, you don't necessarily have like, there isn't like an iPhone that has a great camera or any kind of smartphone, really the camera is good enough. Yeah. So, and there, as we spoke a bit about before, it's really about the lighting as well. So make sure that you actually take pictures when there is light, when there's good light and work with editing, work with colors, find a color theme that works for you. That will be specific and that people, it's also part of brand building really that you, people know what like, oh, when they see you in the feed, because they have so many people in their feed and they need something to hang on to, to be like, oh, but this is that. I know that I'm interested in this. Yeah. They sort so, of know what to expect. Exactly. So for me, it was like, I put in, instead of just having my videos in color, I started doing them in, in black and white just to be able to separate them from my photos. So people know when it's a black and white video, they know it's a cover. And they're going to stop for that because they know it's black and white and they know it's Sunday. So, uh, so they know that that's what they're going to stop for. Um, but I think it's really important to find what's specific about you. Like what's your characteristic that you want people to remember? Um, so for me, it's, for me, it's the bangs. People know that like, okay, we know that this girl always have the bangs. It's always black and white. You know, I have these things that I won't let go of because I want people to know like, this is me and this is, this is what they're going to get. Like this is a product really. Yeah. So, no, that makes sense. Consistency yeah. in, in branding and what exactly. you're putting out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think also the second, the second part of this, of these like five pillars is like collaborations. Mm. So if you do, you can tell stories just by the people that you're hanging out with or um, also just the people that you collaborate with, because when you merch another brand, that's also a brand building part of on Instagram. So if you hang out with certain people or you show specific friends or anything like that, it's, that's also going to be a part of, of your brand in the end and they're going to share it in the end. So I feel like doing collaborations, it's really, it's so important to build your own brand and also make sure that you collaborate with people that have similar audiences because those people are going to merge and they're going to find an interest in what you do. Uh, yeah. as well. Is that, um, is that something you do in terms of your music as well? Do, do you collaborate with other artists? Yeah, like songwriting wise, absolutely. And I've done a lot of, and not only focusing on music, um, I've done a lot of collaborations with photographers and filmmakers just because mm. I know that they want to try out stuff and we sort of have the same audience because they're on Instagram and they're looking for creative people. And for me, it's worked really well. I get content, which I am also like always looking for because yeah. it does take a lot of time and it's, it's hard to create content. So if you, can, if you can get collaborations with different photographers or anyone really um, that's just starting out with photography or someone that's really good, it really doesn't matter because if you work on that thing together, you both are going to get something out of it. Awesome. So, so yeah. storytelling, collaboration. Mm. Nice. And then you have, and then you have like the third one, which has been really important to me, and that's consistency. We we were talking about that. Yeah. 
a little. But for me, it's really been about consistency because when I first started posting covers, it just happened to be on a Sunday. But then I realized like Sundays are actually pretty good because people don't really do a lot on Sundays. Like most people just chill at home or they spend a lot of time on their phone, which I also, you know, got in my statistics on Instagram. I was like, okay, well, there are people here on their phones a lot, spending a lot of hours on Instagram during Sundays. So I just started build on, building on that and just start posting a cover every single Sunday uh, to make sure that I also triggered that consumer behavior, that people feel like, okay, well, it's Sunday. So where is Alina? It's Sunday. So, right. um, so every single Sunday, there is a cover coming up. And I actually just hit 100 covers um, nice. just a few weeks ago. So you've done so, this 100 Sundays in a row? Or did, uh, did you, yeah, did you yeah, yeah. I've, like, I've been sick a few times. Like, yeah. you know, life happens. So I've been sick a few times. And I've like travels and, you know, some like stuff like that can come in between. But sometimes I record a cover, you know, when I'm in a hotel room or, you know, wherever, really, just to like make it happen. Because I know that my followers are also like, they get a bit disappointed or like that I destroyed their week if they don't get their session on a Sunday. They're like, yeah. but this is part of my routine now. Like this is a habit. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, but I love that. So consistency has really been a huge part for me. And I think it's important to really make people like make people aware of when your content is available. So even if it's a day or if it's a time or anything like that, like, when should I find find it? And, yeah. you know, because people will come back for it if they know that it's going to be there. Yeah. But if you're just releasing content randomly once yeah. every three weeks or once every couple months, you kind of lose people's interest, right? Exactly. And it's all about algorithms as well. Because uh, yeah. both YouTube and Instagram, they have algorithms that work a lot of, a lot with engagement of, if you get engagement within the first hour of Instagram, like of the first hour that you post something, they're going to boost your content. But mm -hmm. so it's really about like the first hour. That's the most, most important like time to be on Instagram after you post it. So not just that you post it and then you like, Oh, close the app and you walk away. So yeah. it's really about being there, like replying to comments, replying to DMS and all of that. So really making sure that, that you're there engaging during the first hour, because that's the most critical time of yeah. your of your content so um so yeah and that really brings us into um the fourth pillar which is community and it's also a huge part and i decided because like i was just surprised that i started to have a community of my own to begin with um so for me i just decided that i'm going to reply to every single dm that i do get and i've been doing that ever since i started so it doesn't matter if it's like, you know, if it's a hundred or if it's two, like I'm going to reply to them no matter what. And so that's what I've been doing. And I feel like that's also such an important thing. Like if you do want to build Instagram, you got to be there. You got to respond, you got to engage, and you really got to interact with the people that are following you because that's those in the end, those are the people that they're going to have to feel some kind of connection with you. Yeah. And otherwise, like, otherwise they're going to stop tuning in. They're going to stop. They're going to be like, okay, well, I'm, 
I can follow someone else that makes covers. But all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, they know my dog's name. They know my parents' name or they know my dad is really bad at cutting grass. Like, you know, they know all of these things and they feel emotionally invested in what I do. And they also feel like they have a big part in my success, which they do. So, um, so I feel like it's really important just to appreciate them because they're people on the other end of that phone, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, so community building, community and the- building. And I like the fifth one and the last one is actually also community. Um, but it's engaging in forums that are like related to yours. So, it doesn't necessarily have to be discussions on your page, but if you go and comment on other people or if you write DMs to other people that are doing it and they're reposting it, um, that's also a way of building and building your brand and making sure that the brand is getting out there because it's being, yeah. it's being connected and people are making the connections like, oh, wait, I've seen this person's name before, but in this context, but now, oh, it's actually not that far from, from this. So people do make that connections and people do see your name and they register it and they're like, oh, wait, I've seen this before or I've, I've, I've heard her mention it before. So uh, community one, community two, it's really all about interacting. It's about human nature, uh, engaging with other people and talking and being nice, of course, because there are bad people out there as well on the internet. But um, but go out there and don't, don't be afraid to interact because it's really nice when you do it. Yeah. So how much time does all this, this take? Because <laughs> as I'm, as I'm listening to you, I'm like, this all makes perfect sense. I get it. I can see how this could work you yeah. know, under the right circumstances with the right songs, the right image, the right, all of that. But it's also time consuming, right? How much mm. time, time do you spend, um, online each day interacting? Um, I think I spend at least an hour a day. Okay. That's not, that's it's, not it's bad, like, right? Yeah. I think now, like I used to spend a lot more, um, when I was wheeling in the building phase. And also there's a part of Instagram where you can actually buy media content. You can buy shout outs and stuff like that, which I do recommend if you have content that are of high quality and it's, it's, worth watching um it's absolutely worth it to invest a few dollars in in yourself and and buy a shout out on accounts that make sense to you how how does that work what what do you mean by a shout out so what you can do is basically if you have let's say for me for the cover community so Mm -hmm. there are a bunch like the cover community is huge and there are a lot of different shout out accounts or just really big accounts that be like, oh, we have the top vocal, like the top vocalists in the world could be like their Instagram name. And they have like, okay, two million followers. And if you write them, they usually reply. They're really good at replying to DMs, but you can also email them and you send them what you have, like your content and you ask what their rate is. And they're going to come back and say, this is how much we like charge for us for a story shout out. This is how much we take for uh, a permanent post, or this is how much we take for a 12 hour post. So basically they let the content be up for 12 hours as a per, like as a feed post Mm -hmm. and they have different rates for it. And then you choose and then you just pay through any, like, you know, you can pay through PayPal or anything that works for you. Um, 
and yeah, they, they put it up there and it actually gives you followers and the real ones and not the ones that you just buy mm, saying that you, okay, yeah, like here, just, you were going to get 10,000 followers for 10 bucks. From... And it's like, no, it doesn't, that's not real people. Uh, how much do these spots typically cost? I'm sure it depends. Um, so it really, it really depends. And it also comes down to engagement rate of yeah. of their account so there is you have this special like you calculate it because it's all about like you you take the amount of followers divided with like the engagement rate and it's it's a whole thing um but it's really a stretch it's about like you can do it for like a story shout out for like three dollars hmm. and if you want to have if you want to have like a permanent post on say uh, an account that has pretty good engagement and has a few follow like few million followers i would say it costs about like 250 dollars okay so it's but just a, f a form of advertising basically. it's a form of advertising for sure and if you're looking for real people and you think that your content is good enough i absolutely recommend it Cool. Awesome. So were there any other steps in the five pillars or we got, I think we got. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got those. We got content, collaborations, consistency, community one and community, community two. two. Those okay. are, yeah, yeah. Awesome. So I guess what I'm curious to know now, so you're in LA and you're pursuing this. How does all of this, how does social media and Instagram and doing covers, how does this fit into your overall sort of career goals? Are, are, are you playing live? Do you have... Uh, are you, are you, I know you're producing music as yeah. well. What is sort of your long-term goal with music? I feel like this is something that's grown more clear to me now more yeah. than it did before. Cause I've used the whole, like, I've never seen myself as a cover artist, really. It hasn't really been like, oh, I want to do covers for the rest of my life. That's like the, what, what I want to do for me. It's more about building a community to begin with to have people that want to hear my art and want to hear my music because now they're actually instead of going out and trying to like you know really push my music out there i rather have a lot of people pulling for it they're like asking me for it they're like can you yeah. please release this can you please give us something and that is exactly what i've been looking for so that's also mine my sort of like go sign of saying okay now it's time to actually leave the covers and you know make the transition of going into my own music so that's also part why i moved to la to begin with um because i wanted to bump up my production game i want to be able to do my own music in a proper way um and since i'm really new into the game i feel like okay i've worked a lot of my vocals and I built my audience and now I want to like take all my ideas all my lyrics and all my voice notes and all of it and I want to be able to like actually produce it and put it into demos and proper songs um and also be able to just you know it's it's especially when it comes to I hate saying that I'm a female artist or female producer because you should like either you're a producer or an artist or you're not. Um, but especially like there's so few, like there, I think there's like 2% female producers in LA right now, which is wow. like, I didn't realize it was that. that low. Yeah. It's that low. And I just feel like that's insane. It's like, it's insane. And I just felt like I want to be able to produce. I want to be, I want to be a producer. I want to be an artist. I want to be a singer. I want to be able to do it all. That's basically yeah. it. So I feel like I'm, I'm starting, I'm starting now with, you know, getting into all the softwares and really making sure that I wrap my head around it. 
also just like, you know, you're going to have like build a confidence when you go into writing sessions and you know what you're talking about. And I feel like I don't want to be just the singer. I don't want to be just that, you know, I want to be able to like get in there and, you know, be able to create with people on a real level where we speak the same language. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I feel like that's, that's basically been where I'm at right now of building that, like just add things to my plate of things that will bring me create up, create more opportunities basically. Yeah, um, for sure. but I feel like the end goal for me would be to release my own music and hopefully be able to, if it goes well, you know, go on tour and, and stuff like that and do it independently. Um, unless uh, a label comes and has a contract that I like, <laughs> then of course. Um, but I feel like there is, um, it would absolutely be a dream to, you know, live off of music. That would be ideal. Um, yeah. But I, there is a lot of people out here that has the same dream. So yeah, no, for sure. There, there's yeah, a, yeah. There, there's a lot of us, which is there, awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing, but yeah, it creates competition, obviously. It creates a competition, but competition is good. It's going to like, it's yeah. going to push you forward and make you step up your game. And, you know, so I feel like I'm, I'm in it to win it. So, um, yeah. so yeah, we'll see. Awesome. Well, see, it sounds like you're, you're on the right track. I think with the way the music industry is now, the more different hats you can wear, the better. Yeah. So if you're able to produce, if you're able to write, if you're able to perform and I mean, if you can do all of the, those three things, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're in a small group of people. So mm. um, that's awesome. Alina, well, listen, anything else that you want to touch on today? It was great to bring you on. It was really cool to learn about Instagram. Like I said, that's yeah, something yeah. I want to kind of, you know, focus more on. So it was cool to, to get those tips. Mm. No, I'm, I'm really happy that we had the chat and I really enjoyed it. And for anyone that want to check me out, I'm Alina Segal on Instagram and also on YouTube. So go and check me out and become a lover. Awesome. And so what we're going to do is we're going to end the podcast with one of your, one of your covers, Alina. Yes. And you send it to me and I have it up. I don't have it up. What was the name of the cover? (laughs) The cover is silence and silence. silence, Yeah. And it's a UK artist uh, called Grace Carter. She is absolutely amazing. And she done, she's, she made this song and I made this cover a few weeks ago. So yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Awesome. So if you're watching the video uh, version of this podcast, you'll watch the actual YouTube video. If you're listening to the audio version, we'll play just the audio. But again, Alina Seagal, definitely check her out online. She's up and coming and uh, sounds like we're going to hear a a lot more from you. Hopefully. Thank you so much for uh, doing this today. It was fun. Thank you for having me. Really. Awesome. Say everything's better in the daylight. So why'd you leave me in the dark? If you're going to say something, say something. Don't say nothing You believe in something cause it sounds right When you told me what I wanna hear Don't just say nothing, say nothing Just say something Don't blame me for the mess that you've been causing I believe every word you didn't say Break me down If you wanna say something Man, I don't say nothing Oh, I speak
Say nothing Oh, I speak the truth 